Hey. Oh my god. You bitches came back. It's so good to see you. Welcome back to the hot spring. I'm your the same host, same bitch, wildish. And thank you for listening to this podcast where we focus on numerous topics around mental health, society, culture, maybe pop culture, and life lessons. So sorry to kill the vibe already, but I just felt I just I was just feeling a little silly goofy mood. Like I just want to talk about depression. And I feel like she gets a bad rap for for many obvious reasons, for many good reasons. However, I think it's also really important to just share my story with it. I've been living with it for so damn long. It's so crazy because it's just one of those things that you just never really know you have or had until you sort of just take a step back and look at how gray a good portion of your life has been. You're like, damn, fuck. You know, fuck, there wasn't any Hennessy. <laughs> like, no, there was no Hennessy. Like, there was no fun. Like, you thought you were having fun, but you really weren't. I mean, we will get into that later in the episode. But I just wanted to let you know that there's a content, I guess, a content warning, trigger warning. I, I, I mean, the, the title alone, I'm talking about mental health. We're talking about depressive topics. Don't know if we're going to get to sewer slide ideation i can't remember if i have that in the podcast notes but anyways let's get to the unraveling do we remember unraveling equals inter- introduction this this is hot spring math babe come on depression who is she who, who's that girl in the back of the back of the, is it the back of the room i forgot how that song goes anyways i'm going to be citing this word from word from the American Psychiatric Association and it's and it states depression is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. Fortunately, it is also treatable. Depression causes feelings of sadness and or loss of interest in activities you once enjoyed. It can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can decrease your ability to function and work at home. End quote. Some some symptoms the APA lists are, and they noted that they must persist for at least two weeks and represent a change in previous level of functioning. So if your whole world is flipped upside down, you know what I mean, or has been for a long time, I digress. They say feeling sad or having a depressed mood, obviously. A loss of interest or pleasure in activities once enjoyed. Changes in appetite, weight loss, or gain unrelated to dieting. Trouble sleeping or sleeping too much. Loss of energy or increased fatigue. Increase in purposeless physical activity, i.e. inability to sit still, pacing, hand wringing. Okay. Or slowed movements or speech. These actions must be severe enough to be observable by others. Feeling worthless or guilty, difficulty thinking, concentrating, making decisions, thoughts of death or KYS. You, you get the deal. 
So where can you learn more? You know, outside of my personal anecdotes, which are very subjective, remember that personal and unique to my experience, you can find more about the illness just about anywhere. If you wish to have an objective opinion, do your research on academic databases, organizations associated with the APA or the APA themselves, or the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Disorders. I think they're on like their fifth one this 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 time around. So now that we have a little bit of background into what depression looks like, we can finally get into the interesting stuff, my own personal experience with her, which we will get into right when we come back. All right, so welcome back. Let's get into the the tea of it all. And so it it all started when I was born. Well, <laughs> well, not not really, but more in hindsight, more more when my hindsight was twenty twenty, and I came to this realization that I had no appreciation for the exciting things that were happening around me, which is just like one telltale sign that I I noticed, and this was most prevalent in. The summer before my final year of college, so I was a rising senior, and I had landed this dream internship uh, with this great company, and I was making more money than I ever had ever before in my life, which is <laughs> great because I've been broke my whole life. You know, my coworkers were awesome, my fellow interns. I had just moved in with my partner at the time. And I was going on these cool trips to places that I haven't been before. And I was, you know, closer to my campus than I had ever been before, especially after having to commute, you know, an hour and a half plus, you know, back and forth for about a year-ish. Really, mainly for like one semester. And then for the other semester, I sort of finessed it, but I still had to come down every now and then for in-person stuff. But yet while life was a party around me <laughs> like a full fucking fiesta like past the casamigos it was <laughs> it was as if i had noise canceling headphones on like the most expensive ones that you could buy you know seeing all these great things around me and knowing that all these things are to me are great and factually that i should be happy to have them and yet i came to the realization that i just wasn't feeling anything just like dull, dullness, lifeless. It was, it was as if like what the color gray feels like every day, constantly fatigued. And so the mere beauty of just getting to be alive uh, or and just, and just enjoying my life at this time was overtaken by the, an overwhelming feeling state of overwhelming state of meh and indifference to everything happening around you. It's like Taylor said, guy, what did the, what she said, oh, please, the Taylor fans don't crucify me. It's the one where it's not hate, it's something. <laughs> the board is like, she's like, oh, it's just indifference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That kind of song kind of eats. Sue me. Anyways, you know, it's cool. <laughs> My depressiness. It was quiet, it was persistent, and I hardly noticed it. 
especially since it's been in my life so long, it was chronic. And for me, I always thought that I was just always low energy. Like I, <laughs> I thought I was Aubrey Plaza. Like I was like, oh, like I'm just so Aubrey Plaza. I'm just so Plaza core. You know what I mean? I don't care about anything. Life is just, uh, I could care less. I want to be in bed. I want to do something else. I want to be doing anything else but this. And I just thought I was so edgy. I just thought I was so ahead of it all. I thought, you know, emotionally, I was just over everything. And therefore, I was emotionally mature, which, you know, quite the opposite. And now switching gears just, just a little bit. Let's talk about the perception of depression, or at least mine. You see, I grew up in a household where therapy was just something that you didn't need. Uh, you you talk things out, you get over it, you move on. That's been my life. Not not to mention the co-pays and the hassle of even finding one in the first place, especially when you don't understand insurance. You don't want to ask your parents about it because then all of a sudden, oh, what's wrong? Oh, you this, oh, you that. Go depress these dishes. And to be fair, they have a better understanding of it now. That was a long time ago, but growing up, obviously, not the, not the best, not the best support system. And I'm sure many of you have probably encountered that your parents are, or, or at least one of your parents, my, one of my parents, my my mom specifically, wasn't born in America. You know, when you have foreign parents, there isn't this understanding of mental health or mental illness for that matter, and that it can't just happen to anybody unless you're super visibly sick, in quotations. And so if there is depression, if there is anxiety, you just get through it, you just deal with it, you just, you know, internalize it to the point where it becomes chronic, you don't even know that it's there, which look at me, or, you know, me at the time. And so therefore, depression to me was just something that happened to others. It's just something that I that I saw something that I knew existed, but always looked a certain way or, or whatever, it, however it was portrayed in popular media, you know, they're clearly uh, brood, they're like, oh, very twilight, very twilight vampire, brooding, silent, always in the back of the class, hoodies on, always grumpy. And I was just like, well, I mean, I'm not like that. I mean, I may be just chronically indifferent, but I mean, that's just me. That's just my personality. Little did I know. And so the harsh reality is that it can take on many shapes and forms. You didn't know that either. That kind of gagged me in that recent summer. And sometimes it is insanely obvious, like a large elephant in the room or, <laughs> or the weird hat <laughs> or that weird hat man that y'all be seeing when you take too many Benadryls. And that is not from personal experience. That's what I've heard, learned on the internet. Um, I don't know why it's a common experience. I will need somebody to fill me in a little bit more on that. Or it can just be circumstantial and life has just been kicking you while you've been down. And you just can't help it, which has happened to me a lot. Like a lot of my a lot of my life has just been unnecessarily hard with unnecessary barriers. And especially during COVID when I had to go back home and just being so in close proximity with my family. Love them to death though. But when you're just cooped up like that, it's it just causes it just causes friction and then everything else with school and stuff and 
do I pass? Do I not? Do I have financial aid? Do I not? Like, it's just a whole, whole ordeal of things. And other times it's silent. It sneaks in while you've had, <laughs> it sneaks in while you've had the window open. <laughs> I can't believe I fucking wrote this down, guys. Okay, for the gamers, you'll get this, okay? <laughs> it sneaks in while you've had the window open, playing prop hunt with you shape-shifting into what best fits your environment at the time. Especially if you've grown up not used to taking account for your own feelings or caring enough to even think on what they mean. So if you, <laughs> so for those of you who don't get that or haven't played Prop Hunt or, gosh, I mean, I really don't know what else it's called in other video games. Essentially, it's when you play in a video game, any video game, really. You play as like an object from an environment it's like hide and seek essentially you have the hiders and the seekers and if you're a hider you can turn into any any sort of object in the environment and try to blend in are you following you, you getting it now I, I i i'm feeling like you guys are getting it now and so in that case when you don't really notice it and you just assume that this has just been your way been your way of feeling been your way of thinking you don't even realize that it's there you don't even realize that it's just been in your environment, living rent free, didn't even have to sign the lease. And then you, you, you just deal, you just deal or keep it pushing, as I say, <laughs> or as I have said, which has always been my mentality leading up to recently, that it couldn't possibly have been depression. I, you know, I was just unproductive. I just couldn't focus. I just felt tired. I was just tired because I didn't sleep enough. I felt so inconsequential because I'm not doing enough with my life. I'm failing uh, at my major, so therefore I am dumb and cannot do anything. And that was when I was in my freshman year and I was doing engineering specifically, which looking back, ooh, girl. But again, it's tough when you don't know that, when you just don't have the attention span or the ability or the drive or the excitement despite being in this great on-campus environment was surrounded by people that you love and that you're getting to know. And I was just sitting in like the engineering hall all night long, can't get anything done, barely getting any sleep done because I'm forcing myself to push through this funk that I didn't even know was aware that I was there thinking that, well, damn, I'm just too dumb. Damn. I just, why do I not care about this enough? Oh, I just, this must not be for me. Which at that point, I felt as though there was a time that I, it was just a time that I needed to change majors or pivot. Moving on to the diagnosis, my diagnosis, some, when was it? Sometime into the quarantine slash pandemic, the Panda Express, I was able to finally obtain uh, free therapy through my Laura Loriani, <laughs> you know, like Lyra, L-Y-R-A. And by the way, if you have a partner or a parent that has a job that provides this service, or it's not necessarily a service, but 
is a benefit. What do they call it? It's an employee. It's an employee benefit essentially. And if their job provides this benefit, I strongly urge you to take advantage of it. It's it's literally free therapy sessions. Unfortunately, it it differs between companies. Some give you about twenty four sessions a year. So maybe that's like two sessions through two free sessions per month. Some only give you twelve, which I find, which is really really fucking unfair because some of some of us need to, um, you know, check have a little check in a little more 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 than once. I digress. Since I had no idea what depression felt like at the time, my logical next step was, oh, well, I must have ADD, attentional deficit disorder, and. Based on the answers that I provided to my therapist at the time, I was diagnosed with just that and then given Adderall. And while it helped me feel better because I was able to focus and get things done, it was just a band-aid to a much larger issue. And as the months progressed and the original high of a new medication wore off, I was just stimulated when my depression only got worse. And I would just be, I would just double my dose some, some days. I'd be like, well, maybe I'll just take two. Maybe I'll feel better. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. I was just buzzing, but then like buzzing in a font. Like, oof. I can't even describe, I can't even describe it to you. And it wasn't until my partner at the time took stock of how I was functioning. I would sit, <laughs> I would sit in silence, marinating in my own dense fog. And, and, and at that time, I realized I began to feel heavy my existence it felt so heavy i mean try like trying to lift a 2004 ford expedition like them bitches is tons i think like one and a half ton, i don't know heavy as fuck just to try and have a good time felt like asking the world of me and then this went on this feeling went on in varying waves and intensities until i finally decided to return to therapy with a different doctor or therapist and of course i was all also after all that i experienced during my internship of course because it wasn't until then that i realized okay this is actually something that i need to address because it was getting bad and so at at this point i was just a textbook case of clinical depression i had the citations the experience points the xp and even did my optional side quests as well and finally, you know, got an official diagnosis for depression. It was misdiagnosis of ADD, which I still feel like I might have because I have so much trouble just focusing on doing things. But I feel like that's another story for a different day. And so I went to my GP, my general practitioner, my general general physician. I don't know if there's a difference, but with my formal diagnosis, which yes, you can't you can do that. I mean, if especially if you're worried about like the co-pays of therapy and such, you could do that. But then you also have to remember that, you know, depending on what kind of insurance you have, it's an out, it's it's a visit outside of your yearly physicals. So then they're gonna they're probably gonna charge you, depending on how your insurance works. You might pay a copay, depending on how the doctor's office works. They can charge you. They can charge you any amount. You know what I mean? Like, I remember I got charged $120 just for visiting and talking about my feelings and the medication that I wanted or needed. And I was like, and, and, and all because they say that the doctor needs to utilize specific information and listen to you in a certain way in order to assess your situation. 
like I, I don't know are all american doctors like this are like are all american doctors like charging you for what you just what you decide to talk about i mean it happened in my what is it called my when i was a, the children's physician oh the pediat pediatric pediatric physician when i was a kid when i was a kid you know what i mean i remember my mom telling me the same thing where you should only talk about the things that you talk about otherwise they might charge you for more which never made sense to me. So let, let me know if that's something that happens everywhere. And so I ended up being prescribed Sertraline, the generic brand of Zoloft. And I started on 25 milligrams for two weeks and went up to 50, which is very common just to get a, get used to it. And after living with <laughs> this like chronic dullness and indifference, life felt fucking phenomenal. I mean, I was a new person. I felt new. I noticed the beauty in everything. I saw the like the twinkle in the eyes of my friends and the clearness of the water. And showers felt great. I participated in class. I socialized. I stepped out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I even started responding to text messages again. I mean, I was literally on a high. And... Then, and then life gets normal, like, you know, it balances out, things are going fine, things are going okay. It's not the same, but, you know, it is what it is. Like, it was a huge overhaul of just how I was feeling for so long. Obviously, you know, it's going to feel great, and then it's going to get normal. But then, it's hard to not get normal anymore. And so when I was going on for a while, feeling good, functioning normally, and then I... <laughs> And then, surprise, one of the side effects, the lack of desire to have sex. Like, the horniness, bae. Especially on Zoloft, as, I, as I've heard before. Bae, you know horny thoughts. I mean, productive as fuck. But, because <laughs> you just have no horny thoughts. And then, when you do want to have sex, oh, you can't finish. <laughs> as a matter of fact, it's going to take two to three business days to bust a nut. <laughs> what? I mean, it is, and I know you shouldn't put so much pressure on sex, but it's really tough when you're experiencing that with with a partner. You know what I mean? With somebody that you want to please, you want to make have a good time, or help with a hookup for that matter, or friends with benefits, or a sneaky link, whatever you guys be up to. It's tough because then it starts to f affect not only you, but then the other person because then because they then they can get insecure, or the person that you're hooking up with can get insecure. It's like, oh, well, I'm not doing well enough, et cetera, et cetera, which is completely valid, is completely fine. You know, obviously, it is really tough to separate the facts from feelings, especially when it comes comes to sex in that regard. It's despite knowing that. You know, maybe your partner is struggling with like their medication and how their medication is making them feel or making them perform. It still feels like you're stuck. Like you can't do anything to help them with that. It's inevitable. It's just it 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 just sucks. It just sucks. And not only that. Oh, you like sleeping. You like sleeping, right? You like sleeping. Oh, how about being? How about waking up just at normal random points of the night? For me, at least. And on top of it off, oh, you want to wake wake up in the night soaked by 4 a.m. each night. 
Like you just got 30 gallons of water dumped on you. Like 30. <laughs> like the like the like you just had that huge bucket from the wa- at the water park that you have way up high that fills up that takes like five minutes to fill up. And just like just dump it all on you like that, like waking up in that. And it's and you wonder it's like, how the hell am I producing this much sweat? How? Is it even humanly possible? And then now you're getting bad sleep. And since you're getting bad sleep, now you're getting headaches. Now you're sleep deprived. Like it's it it is it, it is just a slow turning of the knife in your back to something that you just thought <laughs> would that you that you thought was working for you. And then so you try managing the dosage, as I did. Some things get better, other things get worse. I'm like, okay, fine, fuck this. <laughs> you switch meds completely and try Wellbutrin or Buprone, the generic brand of Wellbutrin, which was recommended to me by a friend who was on it, and they said that they felt really great on it and that they, it actually made them hornier and had like a higher sex drive and I was like great need that and I mean it totally did you know it helped with that it helped with the sex in that regard but then I realized oh wait I am just anxious all the time great oh wait oh I have anxiety I guess because you know Zoloft or Sertraline for that matter can help manage depression and anxiety and I was like well fuck you know, like I'm solving one, but then allowing this other to run free. And not even that, these medications, they, it's all about finding the right one and because they can make you feel and think in different ways. And I feel like, and I feel like only my girlies who have been on SSRIs or hell, even any sort of medication that can alter the brain chemistry, obviously with the intention of making it better, to being less anxious, to being less depressed, to being less this or that or third. But then, in my case with Wellbutrin, I couldn't hear my thoughts anymore. <laughs> like I, my mind was just like in a constant fog. And if I tried to to change the the dosage even more, oh, now it's just brain fog. Can't hear my thoughts at all. I'm just speaking, and I'm like, where are these words coming from? Which is very freaky very fucking freaky but hey at least i can have sex again right but the tldr to it all the too long didn't read uh is that the journey just doesn't stop it's just something that you have to work on consistently you just have to work yourself down the list you have to make the effort to keep fighting out fighting and to keep figuring out what works for you and what doesn't i've been really bad at this because it's really 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 tough especially when you're in the midst of just a lot happening in life. Like I was in my senior year of, of college and you get, it's, you almost get like a Stockholm, you know, to me, I almost, I sort of developed this Stockholm syndrome in the sense that I didn't want to continue to venture out and figure something else out. Cause I just, because when I returned to Sertraline again, like it worked, but then it didn't, and it worked again, but then it didn't, and I stopped taking it, and then started taking it again. Whole thing, we're doing it for a while until I stopped taking it actually very recently. So far, so good. Things have been chill. 
obviously there's still a little bit ling- a little bit lingering obviously i need to still continue my journey as i've as i said to just continue figuring out what works and what doesn't because it's just something that can't always be cured for some of us and sometimes you just have to find the thing that works the best for you works the best for your mind for your brain how your body works and i, I i'm positive that there's something out there that can work i just need to <laughs> i just need to garner the courage truthfully truthfully because it's just been it's just been through so it's just been so much it, take, it takes a lot out of you especially when it's it ends up not working out like i'm gonna be honest like it, it takes a lot of you and it's like you'd rather just stick to what you know you, you you know stick to the actually i'm gonna have to embarrass myself i'm not even gonna try because my mind is blanking on the lyric anyway um so just stick to the rivers and the rivers and the lakes that you're used to please don't crucify me please <laughs> i don't i don't need to be the second one for that to happen to okay let, let there only be one please i'm not dying for anybody's sins but with that being said yeah yes it's so easy just to be stuck with what you know just for the sake of almost giving up on the process as a whole but then when you're when when you are allowing yourself to just be okay with how something's making you feel or how some medication is making you feel for that matter then i mean you're giving up although to be fair there are very specific instances as as for myself as well where you know when it starts being counterintuitive and you're not necessarily reaping as many benefits as you did before or even past that you're not getting any benefits anymore as a matter of fact you're starting to feel worse and then so you decide to start weaning yourself off of it and eventually stop taking it and and, and that, that that's your own that's, that's up to you and your own free will obviously some are more dangerous than others to just cut cold turkey like you do need to you do need to slowly lower your dosage and then take it every other day and every few days and then stop unless you really want to fuck yourself up which i've done before and it was not fun and i had to repeat this process all over again because then i was feeling worse and then you could take it again but then it started making me feel worse like you, you see where i'm going with this but for a bit let's take a little break and then we will get back to the wrap-up of it all all right hey guys now for the the wrap-up portion of the show as i've been describing before or really what i've been talking in circles about is i guess what i call self-cycling and I want to put a little asterisk or a little star next to it saying that you should not do it, please. Because I had this aversion for trying or just putting in the effort to find a psychiatrist, you know, somebody who is specifically trained to diagnose and understand the complexities of you know these these medicines and how they can affect you you know a little bit better than pat than past your general general physician you're not saying that they can't do a good job about that you know especially since i was only prescribed um those medications from my 
general physician because they felt comfortable doing so. You know, if it was anything more serious or extreme than that, then I definitely would have had to go to a psychiatrist. And so my relationship with sertraline was that it was what it just it just was what worked best for me. And I knew that it got the job done, albeit on more than one occasion and on many occasions at that. If I took it for too long, then it starts wearing me down, and I turn into a zombie, then I become void of desire and then lack the desire to complete any tasks. And as I've been saying, it's been clear to myself that I definitely need to find a psychiatrist uh, to really get down to the science of it all uh, with a trained professional and to continue my journey with just more drive as opposed to my complacency with, you know, a drug that just wasn't doing it for me. And antidepressants are so unique and the ways in which they affect us for better or for worse are equally as unique. And it's important to remember that no two brains work the same. Therefore, no two experiences on the same drug, let alone the same mental illness, will be the same either. It's all about the chemicals. It's all about our brains, how they work, our environments, our nature, nurture, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe for me, I'll always need to be on something new. Maybe my experience will always be like having an iPhone. You know, it works great for a year or so, but then it starts acting up on you, which is exactly what happened with sertraline. You know what I mean? Or maybe that's just the just the just the experience with medication in general. It works great, your body gets used to it, doesn't work so great, it starts hurting you. Damn. You know, you could go get your battery place or you can go get a go upgrade to a new <laughs> to a different iPhone. <laughs> are, are you following me on this analogy? My God, it's so early in the morning. It's four AM. And yeah, I'll be honest, like it's scary as fuck. But at some point I do have to do it in the pursuit of my own happiness and the longevity of said happiness. You know, even though I'm not taking it right now, who who the fuck knows what's gonna happen next next week? I mean, I guess we'll find out. Maybe I'll let you know. Um, but in the end, it's either it sort of begs the question, what do I really have to fear? I mean, outside of like the American, the American healthcare system and co-pays, which I know I just have to do my own research and call my insurance and ask, you know, what's covered, what's not, et cetera, et cetera. Who's in network? Always go with somebody who's in network unless you got it like that. But in the same vein, what do you have to fear? And I know there's like a great, a, a huge concern and a huge valid concern of, oh, well, what if it changes me? What if it does this? What if it does that? What if it changes you for the better? What if it's the finally the thing that just sets things right or, 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 or I mean, for just like any, anything that you may, might have a concern with, you know, I, it's totally valid to think that these are mind altering personality shifting medications. And I think for the, for the most part, but it's about finding the right doctor and finding the right thing for you. That's why they always say, oh, consult with your doctor first. Consult with your medical professional first before you make any conclusions. And I feel as though in or in the context of discussing how we feel or how these the idea of, you know, medications make us feel or what they might make us feel, just just have a conversation with the doctor. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll be able to provide some clarity for you. And with that, 
I don't want this episode to be a cautionary tale, but more so just a tale in itself. It's just a a look into one of the chapters of my many books of life. And, you know, maybe you, you saw yourself in some portion of this and, you know, maybe, maybe you've been putting off, maybe you've been just been feeling off for a while, maybe even putting off seeing a therapist, totally valid, totally fair. But even, even especially when you, when you're on limited resources, when you can't get the talk therapy you need or the medications or the specialists that you need for that matter, you're worried about the cost. You're worried about this. Maybe you don't have insurance and I don't have the resources on top of the top of my head, but I know, I know they exist somewhere. It's all about doing the research. Uh, I don't want to give anything that I haven't personally researched out, but I know there exist, you know, different programs and different, uh vouchers or different ways where you can obtain free and or discounted therapy sometimes a therapist will even work out you know a payment plan with you or a specific price range that works for you or sometimes the hell they'll, they'll even do a pro bono session or two just to get you in the door and figure out what's going on but at the end of the day you know it's life it's a journey but then it's, just, it's a journey and, you know, I'm surviving and I'm working towards getting the therapy that I so desire and the right professionals. And I truly urge you to do the same if, if you must, or even if you're thinking about it, you know, if there's something in the back of your head telling, maybe I should just go get checked out, just go get checked out. You know, you never, you never know. You never know what might be hiding in plain sight. You never know how life could be better. You never know how much better things could get when you finally figure out what's been causing you to feel X, Y, Z way. And welp, that is all that I have today. It might be a little bit of a shorter episode just because I just don't want to dwell on the topic for too long. And that this was really just a matter of me sharing my experience with depression and how it's been for me thus far and to encourage anybody who sees himself in this in my silly little story you know to inquire further or even if you feel off or feel a little different or feel as though something just isn't right in your life or things are just unnecessarily hard and you don't know what's wrong like just just talk to somebody about it talk, talk to a professional because you owe it to yourself in more than that you deserve to not suffer <laughs> you deserve to not unnecessarily suffer for something that you simply can't control. It's unfortunate that we can't just zap our brain with an iPhone charger and all of a sudden all our issues are resolved. <laughs> you know, it's it's a process. It's tough. I know it. I'm still going through it. But I mean, that's just part of life. And, you know, for me, I, I value my own happiness. I value my how I move through my future. And I value being able to just show up and be present and be happy. And I know not all days are going to look like that. Maybe hell, not even, not all months are going to look like that, especially for my seasonal depression girlies. But at the end of the day, it's okay. It's just part of life. We 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 notice things, we realize things, and we figure it out. And. You know, we just have to look out, look out for ourselves, and look out for each other, and just do what, do whatever is best. And so, with that, brings us to the end of the episode. 
I know it's a little bit, a little bit more of a somber one, you know, more, more story based, more, more factual, less, less humorous likely than other episodes. But I really just wanted to get this out there <laughs> and out of the way in, in a sense, just so, you know, people just have something to relate to. You know, I know that I'm not the only one or how, you know, if I can help at least just one person just feel less alone. It's such an isolating thing, you know, like it's such it's, it feels like, oh, this is only happening to me. And it's not the case. And, it, and, I, it, and I know it, it can really help just to hear somebody else talk about going through the same or similar shit. And could could be encouraging. Like, I hope, you know, I encouraged even just a little bit or just brought some light to the topic or or just made you learn a little bit more about depression in itself. So again, thank you so much for listening. And I will see you later. Bye.